Just before we get started, I want to share with you one of our sponsors and a secret to our success. I don't know about you, but I got into commercial property to build a more passive income. But how do you manage multiple clients and contracts in multiple buildings without spending all of your time on endless spreadsheets? After a lot of research, we use Office R&D, the best flexible workspace software to manage our CMO buildings, co-working and flexspace. For starters, the automated bill run saves hours of work and means we don't miss any revenue. Plus, I can get many reports on the performance of each product and location. But here's the real clincher. We all need to focus on customers more and our clients can now use our app to access buildings, book meeting rooms, review their invoices. And there's a great feature where they can interact with our member community. And this is all managed from within the Office R&D platform. There's a partner link in the show notes so you can book a demo. Take a look, see how the system can improve your operations and customer experience. Right, make yourself comfortable. Let's get on with today's show. Rental levels for distribution, we all know, increased. Therefore, rateable values have increased to follow. Hello, welcome back to the Commercial Property Investor Podcast. My name is Jerry Alexander, and today I'm joined by Simon. Simon is joining me from Gerald Eve, and your role is Head of Business Rates, one of the topics I'm asked about a lot. So welcome to the show. Hi there. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you here, Simon. Maybe you could just tell us a little bit about what your role involves. Um, So what we do uh, at Gerald Eve is, is we help clients to navigate their way through the uh, the complex world of, um, of business rates. Um, in, in my role as, as head of business rates, um, um, I lead our team of sector specialists and, and make sure that they and clients are kept fully up to date with the, um, the various uh, changes that are constantly um, happening within the world of uh, world rating. Um, I also um, liaise closely with um, the, um, the professional bodies, so the RICS, um, the IRRV, which is Institute of Revenues Rating Evaluation, and the Rating Surveyors Association, um, and work with various other trade bodies to, um, to, to sort of help um, uh, try and uh, influence changes in the, um, in, in the system. Fantastic. Right. So we've got a lot to talk about today. There's been a few things changed, okay, so in the last, what, 18 months compared with the last Indeed, <laughs> 10 <yeah>. years? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the two sort of pieces, really, the first bit is the be really interesting to get your take on what's happened since the revaluation. And then yeah. the second part is there are a few bits and pieces going through Parliament right now, and it would just be good to discuss the the direction of travel of where things seem to be going. But just, I don't know if you know the numbers, but just to set the scene, do you know yeah. roughly what the, the tax take is on business rates at the moment? Yeah, the to- total tax uh, tax rates are around about £25 billion. So it's a considerable um, yeah. uh, tax um, income for the for, for the government. Uh, the revaluation, um, which took place from 1st of April 23, uh, revalued all commercial properties. Um, we ha- The previous rateable value has been set in 2017. Um, business rates uh, assessments are based on rental levels, uh, but those are set two years prior to the um, the valuation list going live. Yeah. What what we what we have in 2023 is uh, rateable values based on um, on the, on the the market at April 21, uh, which was just as we were beginning to come out of um, of the various sort of uh, lockdowns through the COVID pandemic. Um, as compared to the previous rateable values, which were set in 2015, uh, when it was a very different um, uh, sort of economic position. 
Indeed it was. Um, and there is, I, I did, do remember hearing a number of what the government are actually trying to bring in through business rates. Do you, you purchase that number? I, I remember hearing it at Flexa conference earlier on in the year. What, in terms of, in terms of target? Yeah, their target take, yeah. Well, the the the, um, uh, the 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 documentation that supported the budget spoke about a figure of um, of, of thirty billion, yeah. um, but um, I, I think that the twenty five billion figure has been fairly sort of um, consistent over recent years. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, revaluation happened. Um, as you say, there's timings everything. And yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. the timing wasn't brilliant. But in that revaluation certainly where I am there was just there was discussion about you could have a certain amount of time to appeal it or to talk about it but realistically once it's set it's tough um what's your experience been um uh, no it, there's different rules across um um England England Wales and Scotland yeah and certainly in Scotland they brought in um uh, new regulations for this revaluation that um significantly limited the time period for making um, um, appeals against yes. your new figures. Now that was originally I had a cutoff date of, um, of, uh, of the end of July, um, but they did actually extend that to the end of August. So we've now passed that date. So uh, my colleagues in Scotland have been very busy over the last uh, yeah. six months uh, serving all their, uh, all, their, uh, all their appeal documentation. Um, in England, um, at the moment, we have um, a system called Check Challenge Appeal. Um, and that allows you to effectively um, instigate the process sort of really any time up until um, the end of the life of the rating list. So um, it would be um, 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 31st of March, 2026. Right. Okay. And just during that revaluation, where I am, because, uh, you know, I, I tell listeners often, you know, our area that we actually work in is fairly narrow. It's about an yeah. hour from any location to, to the other extremities that were. And I noticed in our rates that generally office went up, industrial went up a lot, and retail came down. Is that broad broad brush across the country, or what's your view on that? I think, yeah, that's probably um, fair. So if you look at the total rateable value um, in England, it, it went up by about 7%, in Wales by just over 1.3%, and Scotland just under 6%. But then, if you, as you say, if you break that down into the, uh, into the different sectors, um, exactly what you're saying, uh, growth in industrial um, levels generally, Offices are up a little bit, but 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 more modest. Mm -hmm. And then retail. Interestingly, the global figures for retail show about a ten percent increase in England and Wales, and a sort of flatline in in Scotland. But when you dive into the detail, there are some fairly big reductions in um, um in in certain areas. Um, yeah, retail areas. Yeah, we we've certainly seen some of the retail figures come down. On saying that, um, one of the other aspects that right right hand in hand with that in Scotland is the small rates relief, um, and yeah. that also came down. So it meant some retail actually still remained under that number, but um, industrial certainly shot past. Do you think is that yeah. mainly a reaction to, um, or at least one would hope it's mainly due to? retail struggling against the sector where that's working online and doesn't really have that high um, rates presence yeah i mean i think to address that balance yeah i we we, uh, we do um, quite a lot of research into um, um industrial um, particularly logistics rentals for our prime logistics uh, research um project and we've definitely seen significant increase in logistic rental levels uh, over the last five or six years and that 
it's sort of extended um, through through lockdown. And I think there's a combination of the impacts of 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 of, of the of the pandemic and various requirements for space during 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 that period. Um, the impacts of, of Brexit, which is sort of beginning to kind of, um, you know, around 21 was beginning to kind of be felt. Um, and the um, and the kind of position with high street um, and the move to online retail requiring more demand for distribution space. So uh, rental levels for a distribution, we all know, increased and therefore rateable values have increased to follow, um, to yeah. follow that. Yeah, yeah um, that's yeah, that's what they're designed to do is follow. Basically, when we look at our rates assessment online, that really is what they felt a yep. rental level would have been for our space on that particular date and time. Absolutely. And I think one of the big um, uh, problems that, that, that ratepayers face is that often that there's a big gap between the date that the valuation is taken at and the date that you actually are paying your rate bills. So if you take your rate bills last year, they were based on rental level set in 2015. So it takes a long time to kind of catch up. Yes. Um, that's part of why um, the governments have introduced these new measures to try and move to a, a shorter revaluation cycle. So we're moving from what was originally five years down to um, uh, down to three yearly. All right. Okay. Well, let, let's let's come on to that in a second. So just yeah, just to, I, I should have said a little bit more context at the start there. Hmm. What do you and your colleagues spend? Because you mentioned there about research. So what yeah. what is the what do you guys tend to work on the most? I, I know there's no typical day, but yeah. across the, across your yeah. <laughs> Depends what the government's doing, right? But maybe yeah. you could just give our listeners just a, a feel for the sort of transactions and things you get involved in. So uh, most of what we're doing is looking at rating assessments for clients, whether the rateable values are correct. They can be um, too high, they can be too low. And obviously, if a, if a rating assessment's too low, um, the client wants to know that so that they can make um, accruals as, um, as as necessary, yeah. um, uh, and then it, you know we advise it obviously in in, in respect of the um, of the appeal process. So um, looking at evidence to sort of suggest that, that the assessment might be wrong and presenting that evidence to the valuation office through the um, uh, through the appeal um, through the appeal process. There's also a whole wide range of other reliefs and exemptions that that may be available. Um, and, um, and and so it's not just looking at that rateable value. Is there's there's a lot a lot around that. Yeah, sure. And at the moment, there'll be um, a rather a lot of pain in some sectors because there are there are some vacancies up, particularly in, in things like retail. So yeah, the part of that is trying to help clients forecast, work out the cash flow, and sometimes mitigate that. Yeah, um, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, whether it's through if they if they if they have uh, sites that are empty through 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 making sure that they're paying the minimum in terms of empty empty rate liabilities, um, or making sure that as I say that their levels of assessment are correct and the rate bills that they're paying are correct as well because um, it, it's quite a complex process just to calculate a rate liability. It's not just simply a rateable value times um, the uh, the multiplier to get yeah. to a number. There's often more to it than that. Yeah, and. The legislation used to be a little bit less um, onerous for for landlords who had vacant space, and yes. you know, obviously, a few years ago, that there was the view of, well, if these landlords have got this space empty, let's encourage them to get it let. 
and and yeah. this is maybe a little bit of old news now because some of those people that come to the industry in recent years would never have experienced the fact no, that when no, you still have empty no. property you didn't actually have to pay business rates no. um what's what's been the impact that you've seen uh, you know have landlords um moved much faster or is actually really it's not made much difference to whether space has been let or not well, I think this is if you, you, you hit the nail on the head there. Really, the 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 the, um, uh, the rules were changed back in two thousand and eight. Um, before that, we had uh, hundred percent exemption for empty, uh, empty industrial properties, and uh, after a period, um, every 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 other type of property will pay fifty percent uh, yep. liability of vacant. Um, and uh, the as you say, the government's uh, suggestion at the time was that, that they wanted to encourage people to um, um, occupy. Uh, vacant property but i think we all know you know uh, landlords aren't really in the business of keeping property vacant um for any any reason if they can get a yeah. tenant then they were they rather would um so the cynic might suggest that there was a way of um, increasing um increasing the the, the the revenue um in fact what 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 has happened um is that as is always the case there are there are um ways to work within the law to make sure that you you know pay the minimum in terms of or, or as little as you can in terms of empty rate liability um and uh, as you alluded to at the start the government's currently consulting on um ways to perhaps try and um, um reduce reduce that yes which, yes which 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 you know has some fairly big implications for um for, for developers that will will presently be working you know working their numbers sort of assuming that there is a sort of element of mitigation that yeah. can take place yeah so perfect time to move on to that section then so there's there's more than one piece of legislation working its way through at the moment um yeah, yeah. maybe maybe we should just talk about um the rating bill and it's how yeah. it's working through parliament and what the kind of the key aspects are that people should be aware of so um uh the rating bill is a is a kind is a um um, a bill that allows um, a government to make changes to the system. Um, most of the changes then require regulations to actually um, put forward those changes, but they need the sort of statutory position in place to be able to, um, to, be able to do that. Um, and, and it's kind of centered around the sort of move to um, the three yearly um, revaluation cycle. Um, and one of the things that, that they've identified as part of that process is that in order to move to more regular revaluation cycle, the way they collect information about the sort of tenure property changes um, uh, needs to change. At the moment, the valuation office agency have, um, a, a, have the job of collecting information. And they do that by sending out what they call requests for information, so sort of forms yeah. of return they used to yeah. be known as, where you have to tell them if you're asked about, um, about any changes and about the, um, the tenure position. Um, that being, um, will be changed to um, a proposed duty to inform or duty to notify. Um, and that's a two-stage requirement, which would be on all, um, all ratepayers and property owners. Um, and they will need to notify uh, the valuation office agency through an online portal of any changes to their property. And that could be physical changes, uh, changes in occupation, and any tenure changes. And the current proposals is that there will be a requirement to do that within 60 days of the change taking place. And then um, at the same time as, uh, as that sort of um, duty to inform, a duty to notify uh, annually that um, you've complied with all the duties and told them about all the changes. So it's a full, double double duty. Yeah. Um, and that's putting a big onus onto ratepayers and building owners 
um, that wasn't previously there. Okay, so you, you know, my, my sector, I'm more in yep. flex space, right? Yep. So yep. some of us might be a bit more used to that because yes. of the change of the churn that you have. Uh, absolutely, yeah. And, yeah. You know, and so some yeah. of us have systems to do that. But yeah, a landlord who's got maybe a five, 10 year lease, that, that's difficult, isn't it? Particularly if there's a, a mechanism in there for increasing the rent as you go through that period. So, so effectively what they're looking at, if I understand it right, Simon, is yep. that if the rental's moving up, yeah, and potentially the rateable value is going to move up. Would that would that be fair? Um, it wouldn't move up at the time, but but it would come into play at the next sort of valuation yeah. date. So if we're looking at twenty six at the moment, the valuation dates um, April twenty four. So anything that starts getting agreed near to April twenty four would 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 be taken into account. Similarly, though, if the rate if the if the rental level fell, sure, um, then that would also sort of get taken into account at that point. Uh, uh, and the other point, which is perhaps. Uh, um, a change which wasn't there before is this whole piece around factual changes. Now we're waiting, we will need um, uh, regulations to sort of say exactly what sort of change um, has to be notified, but it's quite an obligation on a ratepayer that doesn't really have usually any dealings with their, their property other than maybe every five years as a rent review or two and a half years, whatever that might be, to, to, to be able to know um, what type of changes they need to, to notify. and. There's a there's a whole penalty regime for uh, being proposed for not complying with this. So you know it, it, it is really serious. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> of course there is. Okay, and what are the other bits that are going through review right now out with that bill? Is there some so, other elements? So, for instance, you mentioned there about if we if we don't inform there's or sorry not don't inform through. Uh, start again, Jerry. There's the element about um, Simon. Sorry, I've lost it now. Maybe That's you should right. introduce it. We're talking about the the duty to inform, or the rating bill, or the or the or no, the no, no, the, 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 the trying to um, avoidance. Goodness me! All oh, right, uh, avoidance, and, avoidance, and evasion. Yeah. Yeah. So let's go. So right. So we'll cut that yeah. bit out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah, not part so the of the other bill. element. Yeah. 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 So within the within the the, the bill, the, there are some other. Um, uh, sort of technical pieces that, that they're they're bringing. So what, one um, which again does have potential impact on um, on quite a lot of ratepayers is is uh, a change to the way that um, uh, what they call a material change of circumstances can occur. And a material change of circumstance is where something happens which has a, a, an impact on a on a property partway through a rating list, um, which is significant enough and meets the criteria to allow you to sort of effectively change the rateable value because of that material change. Yeah. Um, an example of where that maybe came in was when they introduced a smoking ban and that had a big impact on um, a lot of leisure properties, particularly say bingo halls or something like that. So, so it, so it was a, it was a material change. You can have material change physically to the building, but you can also have a material change through something that's sort of external. Um, yeah. And what the government are proposing is that. Um, any material change that um, is uh, related to acts by government won't be something that you can um, that you can reflect um, in, a, in, in an appeal. Now, this follows on from um, the position during um, the uh, pandemic, where um, a number of ratepayers in those areas that didn't benefit from the relief that was given to the retail, leisure, and hospitality sector argued that the the COVID regulations were a material change of circumstance. Yep. And the government changed the regulations of the law in order to sort of avoid having to sort of make big changes to rateable values because of that. 
and they're taking it forward i think into the um into the rating bill and um i, I think probably un unnecessarily so there's um there's a lot of um uh, sort of lobbying going on to suggest you know, trying them to get that that part amended i should just ask you um we're yep. talking about the raising bill through westminster yeah um do you will that have any direct or indirect impact on some of the devolved parliaments um the uh, most of this is is, is english england only related matters but there is likely to be a similar um uh, sort of uh, legislative right. process in wales uh, wales tends to sort of generally sort of follow um england reasonably closely yeah. um in, in scotland as as you as you know there's a a, a separate system um uh, uh, and um some of the changes that 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 are sort of associated with three-year evaluations such as the sort of shorter appear of appeals are already obviously in place um in, yeah. in, in in scotland yeah one of the things that we've been informed actually and again i'm not 100 sure about in england but in scotland one of the ways to um protect the older properties is that actually there are zero rates to be paid if it's a listed building. However, um, the Scottish Parliament is now, the Scottish Government has passed that decision onto local councils. So in, in our area, if somebody has a listed building, they're not necessarily going to get rates relief next year if it's vacant. Is yeah. there something similar in England? Um, well, uh, interestingly, the, the, um, you're right that in England, if you have a listed building and it's vacant, you don't pay any um, empty rate relief. And there's a similar um, relief for, for, for charities. The, the, the current consultation on um, empty rates, avoidance and evasion does consider the relief for charities um, in terms of the empty rate relief position. But it, it doesn't um, um, look at the um, at the wider um, sort of elements around um, empty um, empty rate relief, and uh, I think that's that's something that um, it, certainly in, in our responses to the consultation will be sort of um, sort of suggesting that actually they're they're looking at one very narrow point and trying to yeah. stop something, whereas actually it's a more serious review of the um, of the of the rules that's needed. Okay, let's maybe just touch on that. What what. What else are they looking at in terms of trying to legislate to remove some of the avoidance that's going on? So um, at the moment, um, if you um, in England, if you have a, a vacant um, property, um, you you get um, three months 100% empty rate relief after which you pay 100% um, um, empty charge. So the same rates as you pay if you're occupying. Yep. Um, if it's uh, the only difference, if it's an industrial property where you get six months and then 100%, um, and the, the regulations allow that if you reoccupy for six weeks and then move out again, you can reset that six month period. Um, uh, and so um, not unsurprisingly, um, a lot of uh, ratepayers take advantage of that, of that particular um, part of the, of, the, of the legislation and they reoccupy their buildings for a short period and vacate them again, sometimes on a rolling basis. Yep. Um, uh, and there's been case law taken that effectively supports that that um, that process um, um, and that's something that the government are looking to uh, as ways to sort of close and one of the suggestions is that the um, the, the six-week period be extended to six months um, or um, there's a, a, a limit in the number of times that um, um, a ratepayer can do that kind of um, sort of a like in out process yes. um, on, on a period of time um, Okay, and also on the charity side, you feel there's potentially a. So the, the consultation also, yeah, the, the consultation also um, uh, covers um, charities. Under the current rules, 
if you are a charity, you generally benefit from um, an 80% charitable relief whilst in occupation. Um, if you move into, uh, if, if the property is vacated, uh, then if the prop if the next time it's in use, it's going to be in charitable use, uh, there's a further 20% relief, so potentially 100% relief. Um, and um, uh, I think the government's concerned that there are um, a, a number of charities that um, are have been able to sort of benefit from, from from that relief, and perhaps it's also helped landlords to sort of mitigate their yeah. rate liability. Um, uh, the um, uh, there's a, a question really as to whether that's something for the for the for the charity commission or uh, or it's or it's a business rate issue, but it's something that that's within the consultation that they're asking they're asking people to comment on effectively. Yeah, so there there may be some very legitimate bona fide absolutely yeah of that relief that might end up having to do a lot more to justify it. Yeah, and that's the concern that by uh, by by removing that, you, you then um, you you remove that that relief and put extra charges or costs onto onto charities. Yeah. Um, any other interesting um, mechanisms you've seen? Do people sometimes use offshore? Is there different ways that people have tried? Because obviously, you know, at the end of the day, the the rates is there to pay for local services and everything else, right? And it needs it needs to be contributed to. Um, but some, I think, have tried all sorts of different manners to try and get around them. Is, uh, you know, is it a situation now where we think that the government's going to get to a stage where it's on top of it all and therefore rates is going to be reasonably fair? Um, I, I think that the, 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 it's the principle of empty rates that's perhaps the, 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 the part that's, um, that, that's, that's really needs more review. So yes. if we go back to before 2008, uh, there wasn't really much in the way of um, empty rate mitigation. Uh, what a lot of landlords say to me, um, I, I was talking to somebody who was uh, sort of a retail landlord, and they were saying, well, we have to spend a lot of time and effort in terms of getting occupiers for our empty buildings temporarily in order that the costs for empty rates sort of don't sort of um, that, that 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 stops us from being able to spend money um, refurbishing and you know, getting a yeah. more, more permanent tenants into the building. So, if there was a um, a slightly longer period of relief and perhaps um, a, a reduced liability thereafter, then the argument is that that would help um, building owners to um, get through the periods where they might be sort of uh, transitioning from one tenant to another, um, and in the long term, uh, resulting bigger income for the um uh, for, for the exchequer because sort of more properties will be occupied quicker yeah and do you feel with the discussions that have been had that there is a possibility that might actually come through or do you think that that is still um something that, that, that a lot of this has been driven by the treasury yeah, difficult at this stage to to say that there's not sort of any signs that that that, that that's something that they're thinking of, of of changing. But it just it effectively runs back to the narrative that the um, that ratepayers and their representatives and the, the trade bodies have been pushing for the last four or five years to say that there are elements of of, of business rates that need proper review, rather than sort of short term measures to try and sort of sort of patch up parts of the system at the top perceived yeah. to be working properly okay and is there anything else we should be making um investors aware of that's coming down the track any other pieces of legislation 
I think the um, we've covered most of it. Do you think we've covered a lot of it? I think I think um, um, the sort of if you like the general trend and the real asks that that, that businesses have been sort of putting forward consistently uh, at various reviews is that the um, the current multiplier the UBR rate is too high at, at just yeah. over fifty p. So there's a call to reduce that um, to actually more regular revaluations um, um sort of lead to more sort of uh, um, market more more, more uh, to, to rateable values being closer aligned to the market yeah, tracking the market so yep. so so the sort of um if you like the utopian position would be annual revaluations but i think one area that that um um is um something that that, that um we would look to be pushing for is a shorter time gap between the revaluation date and the valuation date. So we've got this two-year gap, which means that even at 23, the, the, the rental evidence on which the rateable value is based today, five years out of date. Yeah. Um, uh, and so we've been calling for that to be reduced to um, uh, to a year. Um, and one would hope that the sort of quid pro quo of the new duties um, would be this it allows the, um, the, the, the valuation office to be able to kind of work to that sort of time frame. Um, yeah. Which I think you know it's it's a long term um, objective, but we would like it to be a bit more of a, 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 a short term objective. Sure. Yeah. So that you just mentioned there about the pence and the pound, and maybe for those yeah. listeners that aren't one hundred percent familiar with that, that basically if your rateable value is a thousand pounds, depending yeah. on what scale you're on, you will have to pay a proportion of that, which is that's right. Yeah. Yeah, there's slight there's slight variables depending on the size of the rateable bill, isn't there? Yeah, that's right. And there are different multipliers set for Wales and Scotland. Yeah, um, where we sit at the moment, so that so large properties with a rateable value of fifty one thousand England pay fifty one point two p in the pound. Um, anything below that is forty nine point nine p. It's uh, slightly higher, fifty three and a half in Wales, and ranges from uh, forty nine to fifty two point four in Scotland. Yeah. Are those figures? Can increase um, at on an annual basis, yep. and actually that is quite um, a, an important point um, uh, coming up because the the way that, that they they increase is based on the um, uh, inflation figures, um, and it's the September inflation figures. Now, historically, uh, those figures have been quite low, um, so um, increases have been relatively modest. For the last few years, sort of as a as a as a reaction from COVID, government has frozen the UBR, so we haven't had. Um, increases in the UBRs for, for, for a couple of years. Um, this year, um, we're expecting sort of considerably higher than in the past as a sort of um, yes. inflationary figure. So I think one of the big um, um, calls will be that the, um, the, the freeze continues, or at the very least, the, um, uh, uh, the multiplier is increased by a figure lower than inflation, because the government um, has a, a cap of of the inflation figure, but they can um, choose to reduce um, at lower numbers. And I think just aligned with that in terms of what's coming up for next year um, um, is the um, is the retail um, uh, effectively the retail relief scheme, um, where at the moment if you have rateable values, um, you, uh, you, well, it's if you're a retailer, hospitality, or, or leisure operator, um, you get relief um, uh, at seventy five percent. Of reliability, but capped at one hundred and ten thousand for the um, for the business, which means small businesses benefit, but but larger businesses yeah. um, don't so much. And, um, and, and we're waiting to see what's going to happen, whether that's going to continue through next year. 
and as we alluded to earlier on, Scotland do like to set their own yes, um, yes. <laughs> sales, and that is something the Scottish government decided not to pass That's on. Right. Yeah. Yeah, even yeah. though they got it through the Barnet formula, yes, indeed, indeed. Some, some in that sector they're a little bit upset about that, naturally. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> so basically, the point there, I guess, is that the there are two levers really. There's the raceable value we've just been talking about, which yeah, which is reviewed on obviously not on an annual basis, and we hope we'll get to that point. Yeah, but at the moment, yeah. 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 Um, and then the other lever is actually setting the rate that we actually pay per pound. Yes. Albeit yes. there's some there's some uh, limits to that based around inflationary figures. Indeed, yeah. 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 Okay, cool. Right. So I think um Simon, the thing to do now is just if you can let people know what sort of services you can help with at the business and how people can get in touch with you. Sure. Um well um uh Gerald Eve, we're um um a um uh firm Charles Spayers um property consultants um uh, UK based and we operate um, a, across all the various sort of sectors and uh, sort of typical sort of um, um, uh, property um, areas. We're part of, uh, we're a new mark company, um, uh, so we're a part of a global um, um, uh, property organisation. Um, and in terms of business rates, um, I'd say we, we advise across all sectors and uh, um, our clients vary from um, sort of smaller operators right up to sort of multi multinationals. Um, and I think it's worth pointing out the reason why we've made a connection is because of your work with Flexa and one of your colleagues in particular, Steve, that's been that's been working with Flexa because there's also some challenges at the moment with the flex space industry service office. But I think we're going to cover that maybe on a on a different day. Yeah, indeed, just indeed. That, that that really um, Gerald Lee's been working with Flexa, uh, the Business Centre Association, ever since I've been involved, which has been 15, 20 years. So quite a long-standing relationship there and a deep understanding of how the sector works. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we exactly. And that's that's what's very much called to our business. It's our, our aspect of sector specialisation. So um, we have um, uh, racing teams with, within our, uh, our sector teams. So we have industrial racing specialists, office racing specialists, leisure rating specialists so that they very much focus on their um on their on their sector i mean we 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 also um uh carry out rate payment um services for clients as well so we manage something like nine nine point three billion um pounds worth of rateable value for clients and pay um just over a billion pounds of, of rate liability on behalf of clients um, and that sort of runs across about seventy five thousand um, individual properties so it's um it's a big um it's a big it's a big number certainly yeah, more than you can probably indeed. do with just yourself indeed that's right yeah which is why we've got a big team yeah <laughs> yes that's yeah. brilliant thanks simon and in terms of getting in touch i'm you're on linkedin right so indeed that's maybe a good place to start yeah linkedin um um we've got um a, a sort of uh, rating at geraldeve.com um email address if anybody has any questions or obviously feel free to look at the uh the website at www.gerraldeve.com fantastic i'll put that in the show notes so thank you so much for joining me simon helping give a bit more clarity around rates and the direction of travel which is certainly interesting indeed thanks very much for having me thanks brilliant hi there i hope you're enjoying the content delivered on the cpi podcast even though it's free to listen to, it actually takes quite a bit of time and financial commitment to deliver each and every episode. 
Did you know that by leaving a positive written review, you, yes, you will have a direct impact on the visibility of the podcast. And that's really important because by reaching a wider audience, it helps our team to continually improve the overall content that we deliver to you week after week. For some of you, leaving a review will be second nature, but for others, it might be a first one. Open your podcast app, pick the CPI podcast and search for previous reviews. And on iTunes in particular, click to look at all of the reviews and then you'll see an option to leave a written review. Go on, it'll only take two minutes and it'll really make our day. And we genuinely read every single one of them.